Hello, everyone. This is Chris McLaughlin, and welcome back to the D Group Leader Podcast. You know, we've taken a little break from the podcasts for these last maybe eight weeks or so. Um, everyone has kind of been in, in the full lockdown mode. Groups have been meeting online. And so we took a little break from having the, the podcast, but we're going to be back now because we've got some really big and important things to talk about. Now, today, what I want to do is just focus ourselves back on the goal of what does it mean to be a D group? Uh, what are the goals of having a D group? And what are your goals as a leader of a D group? So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Before we get into that, though, we have some big things to talk through, uh, especially with of stuff that's going on in the life of our church. The first thing is, as you probably know, we are going to be meeting together in person as a church starting this Sunday. That's Sunday, May 24th. Um, you should have gotten an email that talked about that. Uh, we've been talking about it uh, on Sunday mornings as well. And um, because of all of this, we want to make sure that we are being very, I would say, really just just very mindful and very um, careful about how we're doing this. Because what we do is we, we, we recognize that not everybody is in the same place with this. Some people are anxious to get back to church, and they are just like, you know— this whole thing with the coronavirus is dumb and, you know, it, it's not affecting me. I just want to get back to real life. Um, and we we understand that. And then on the other side, there are people who are um, legitimately afraid of what's going on with all of this. They've seen the effects of it. They uh, witnessed people uh, getting sick from it and even dying from it. And, and so wherever you land on what you believe about the coronavirus and all that stuff— you guys, we want to support you, and we want to—we really want to encourage you in your spiritual growth through all of this. And so, number one, we're opening up church again this Sunday. Um, we have uh, some practices that are being put in place in order to uh, protect us and protect our community, and so all of that is, is in place for there. Um, but the other thing to also recognize is that— um, if you're going to be home, there's also some really awesome things that we're doing for our online services. Um, so Pastor Mitch, who uh, many of you know, is going to be hosting online, basically an online campus where you can jump onto stonescrossing.com or Facebook Live and interact with him and other people who are going to be watching the service at home together. And so all that's happening this week. Now, how does this affect D groups? Well, the first thing is that we are, uh, because of the the, the stay-at-home order that is now slowly being lifted in the state of Indiana, we're looking at how we can start uh, to have groups meet back together again. And so uh, there's a cutoff date that, um, uh, that the state has set forth for basically saying after June 14th, groups of 100 or more can start meeting together. And we've said, you know, this might be a good date to use for our D groups. Uh, to basically say after June 14th, we want the D groups to have the option to meet together if their group is comfortable. And you as the D group leader have really the final say on how that's going to go. So please take some time over this next month and evaluate what's going on in your groups. How are people feeling about meeting back together again? Um, are, are people still nervous uh, or is, is there still some anxiety about it? Um, maybe when you do meet back together, you, you meet outside. We're, we're going to be in the middle of summer, which is great. 
Uh, we can meet, you know, out on someone's back patio. You can meet uh, at a park. We have we have a couple groups that are talking about meeting at parks this summer. So, um, so how can you return back together in a way that's not going to exclude anybody? and help them to continue to grow spiritually. And that's that's really what we want to leave up to you as the D group leader. Now listen, if you have any questions about that, please contact me or your D group shepherd. We want to help you walk through how to answer that question. Now one more thing that we want to let you know about too is we we would love to hear your stories. Um, I, I personally would love to hear how these last 10 weeks of staying at home has affected your D group. Has it been a negative thing? Um, have, have, has it created some more hurdles that, that you weren't uh, maybe ready to, to jump over? Or has it been positive? Uh, maybe some positive things have come out of these last 10 weeks, and I would love to hear what your experience is. If you've got a story to tell, please email me this week at chris at stonescrossing.com. Now, today what we're going to do is we're going to take just a couple minutes to refocus ourselves and refocus on how really we keep our eyes on the goal of what it means to lead a D group. What is it all about? Because I think that through the midst of what we've been going uh, going through, and even while we're meeting with our group members and stuff, it's easy to lose focus on the goal of leading a D group. Now, if you go back to the first couple episodes that we did, we talked about three major pitfalls of a small group, how easy it is to fall into one of these these pitfalls. And so uh, we talked about the idea of community itself being a pitfall, where sometimes the lowest common denominator of a group is just to fall right back into, well, let's just meet together, hang out, and we'll eat food and and just be friends. Um, But that's not what a D group is all about. Um, We talked about the pitfall of... Uh, getting into um, experience, right? So it's the idea that just having a really good um, experience or small group experience will help people get closer to God. But um, that experience is actually really dependent on the Word of God itself. And so we got to make sure that we're teaching the Word of God. Um, And the third pitfall is mission. Do we just make our group about uh, serving and things like that, which is all good things, those are all good things, you guys. Having a good experience, focusing on mission, having community, those are all good things, but that cannot be what our group is primarily about. We talked about the idea that our groups need to be about these two things, that we're about uh, helping our group members to, one, receive Christ as Lord, and two, live with Christ as Lord. What do we mean by that? Number one, when we talk about receiving Christ as Lord, we're not just talking about helping people to become a Christian, although that's part of it. If you've got group members who are not Christians yet, man, receiving Christ as Lord really means for them uh, to become a Christian. So that is, uh, that's a big part of it. But I think what we're talking about here is a little more broad. It's the idea that receiving Christ as Lord is personally knowing and trusting Christ, all that he is, and all that he does. And what we're really talking about here is growing in our knowledge of God, growing in our knowledge of God. This is incredibly important for us as Christians. In fact, J.I. Packer in his book, Knowing God, talks about it this way. He says, its purpose is to clear one's mental and spiritual vision of God, okay? So to push out all of the preconceived ideas that we might have about God. And then he says, to let, and then to let his truth, 
make its full and proper impact on one's mind and heart. That what we're talking about is to, to really help people to move out all of this, all these preconceived ideas about God, all of these things about God that are incorrect, that are false, and to let his word shape our understanding of God in a true and accurate way. There's a pastor that I, um, uh, he, he, his name is Art Azurdia. He says it this way. He says, listen, you, you expand your understanding of the object of your faith, and faith itself will obediently follow. You expand your understanding of the object of your faith, and faith will obediently follow. See, look, what he's getting to here is if we want our group members to grow in faith, we have to help them grow in the knowledge of the object of their faith, and that is Christ. And that's and that's what receiving Christ as Lord is all about. So then the second thing that we're talking about is living with Christ as Lord. And that is essentially, it is rejecting all other lords, all other religions, rejecting the notion that we can even self-atone and that uh, at the end of the day, what we're doing is we're saying, I'm going to submit to Christ in every sphere of my life. That's what we're saying when we say live with Christ as Lord. Um, that's our goal for our people. We want them to live with Christ as Lord in that way. Now, I'm not talking about how this is this is that this is a prerequisite for salvation. Okay, um, faith is something that is is uh, so like faith is the only prerequisite for salvation. Okay, and that is this incredible gift that God has given us. But our our works living with Christ as Lord is a is the is the correct response for those who are saved. And that what we what we end up seeing is that those who are truly converted will end up living with Christ as Lord because of the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And so uh, Colin Marshall, when he talks about this in his book, Growth Groups, he says this. He says, our aim is to deepen their understanding of God and his salvation in Christ and to provoke a response of faith and obedience in every aspect of life. We are working at both theology which is the knowledge of God and godly practice. Theology without faith is false. Faith without theology is foolish, right? Okay, so that's what we're talking about. We want to get back to those two things, help our group members to receive Christ as Lord and to live with Christ as Lord. I love the way that the Apostle Paul puts it in Colossians 1.28 as he's talking about the ministry that he has been called to, which essentially is the exact same ministry that we are called to as well. This is gospel ministry, caring for people, helping them to grow in maturity in Christ. And this is the way that he views it. He says, he says look, him we proclaim. It's Christ that we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. You guys, D-group leaders, this is a tremendous responsibility that we have. This is a tremendous responsibility that the Lord has entrusted us with, that he's given us people to care for. And I think that this really raises the bar when it comes to leading a small group. You know, it's not just about making sure your house is cleaned up and popping in a DVD. Um, you guys, you're being tasked by the Lord, with caring for a small group of people in our church. And I want to tell you something. 
as a as a staff member here um, and and part of our pastoral team, we are so thankful for you and what you do day in and day out for caring for the people that the Lord has entrusted you with. Um, the The responsibility that you have is huge, but the the job that you're doing is incredible, and we're so thankful for each one of you and what you're doing. You guys, I want to just give you a couple things. Uh, really just some some things to think through and some things to do as you're letting the reality of this settle into your heart and mind today. Because the reality of the responsibility that we have as D-group leaders should move us to prayer and to action. You guys pray. Pray. This is the, the first one. It's just pray for your D-group members regularly. Um, what's going on in their lives? Where are they in their spiritual growth? Um, pray for that. Pray for them. Make sure that that is constantly in your prayer. Um, pray for your D group meetings as well. Pray that the Holy Spirit will work, that that He will illuminate God's word to you and to the group as you discuss it together. Pray that the Holy Spirit will, will guide your conversation into truth. Um, you guys, pray for these things. I think it's so easy over and over again to fall into that trap of getting away from prayer, getting away from prayer for our group and prayer for our group members. Um, I fall into that trap myself uh, over and over again. Where I'm like, oh man, I'm not praying for them and I'm not praying for for how our group is going to go. I'm not praying for preparing for my studies and um, preparing for the study that we're going to do and things like that. And and it, and I get convicted that I need to come back to prayer. And, and this is ultimately what convicts me. Um, Colin Marshall, I think, says it very well in the book. L- listen to what he says. He says, ultimately, the reason we don't pray is unholy pride. We actually think we, we will change people's lives ourselves. Or deep down, we think that they are a lost cause and don't believe that any change can occur. Such confidence in our own competence is the enemy of prayer and the antithesis of faithfulness. I was so convicted by that uh, when I first read it, and I'm and I'm like, man, we, I, I need to make sure that prayer is at the forefront of what's going on in my group, and especially when we're dealing with with problems in our group, uh, that prayer is the first place that we go. So, guys, the, with this reality of what we're doing as D groups right now, be in prayer. Okay, that's the first one. Here's the second one: think through what your group needs. Think through what your group needs. Um, what is the spiritual state of the members of your D group? Think about every single person in your group because we're all at different places in our knowledge of God. We're all in different places in our in our obedience. Um, and so what is the spiritual state of the members of your group? Where do they need to grow? Now, let's connect that to the Bible. You see, the Bible is made to complete us, okay? So let's go back to one of the best passages about Scripture. This is 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Look at what he says. He says, all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Now listen to this, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. In other words, what Paul is saying is that Scripture, 
that is breathed out by God. It's from God himself. It's profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. All of this has the purpose of making us complete, equipped for every good work. That's the whole point here. So what that means is that when we approach, it means, I think, a couple things. When we approach a passage of scripture, we can ask ourselves, huh, what exactly is this addressing in the life of a fallen sinful human being that is helping to complete them? What is this passage doing? Uh, How is this passage completing someone who is affected by sin? Okay, um, and so then what we can do too is say, all right, let's think about our group members. Where are they right now? What are they struggling with? What are the things that they need the most to grow in? And what you could do is you could find passages of scripture, books of the Bible um, to, to walk through with them in order to help them grow in the ways that they need it most because the scripture has been given to us to complete us. And so that should help inform us of what our next study should be. So, so, so the second one, really thinking through what your group needs is a prayerful, careful consideration of what's going on in the life of your D group members and, and allowing that to inform you of what your group might need the most. And if you have questions about that or you're looking for, you know, you can say like, hey, my group is having this struggle and this problem. What passages of scripture or what books of the Bible are going to really help with that? Then uh, seriously, just give me a call, shoot me an email. Um, I would love to help you to figure that out. So the first one is to pray. The second is to think through what your group needs. Third, you guys, I think that this drives us to listen more actively and more carefully to our group members. I think ultimately what it does is it, it drives us to really love our group members more. What work do you need to do this week to better understand your D group? If you're meeting together, how, how can you gather information to see where, where they are spiritually? Um, how, can you, how can you listen to them and, uh, and hear what they're saying and hear uh, where, what they're struggling with and hear uh, really where they are spiritually, what their heart is saying? And if you're not meeting together right now, if you maybe you're, you're, you're on a break uh, because of uh, the, the stay-at-home order and everything, you guys, I, I would encourage you to find ways to check in with your group members. Now, I think email is fine. Um, you know, that, that, can, that can work to a certain extent, but you guys never underestimate the power of actually talking to someone one-on-one. Um, take the time to make phone calls. Seriously, take the time. Make phone calls. Um, talk to your group members. Just check in with them. Um, I think they will appreciate it, and you will learn so much about uh, how your group members are doing by just getting into their lives and talking with them more. Um, so I would encourage you to take the time to really make phone calls to them and to see, uh, and really just listen to them and to see where, where they are spiritually. Well, that's all that we have for this week. Next time on the D Group Leader Podcast, we've got a story to tell you about how a group uh, has really thrived and actually grown closer together during this coronavirus lockdown. So we hope that you will join us next time on the D Group Leader Podcast. Mm-hmm.